0: Motown rundown. Welcome in. It's Thursday, September twenty second. Can I say something, guys? Can I say something? Of course. Can I swear, Trent? I am going to swear. I am going to swear. Absolutely. Gonna, I guarantee you, I know what Rav's is going to say. Can I let me say it, and then I want you to say what you thought I was going to say? Okay. Can I? I am going to say it right now. I fucking love football. I love football.
1: Okay. I was going to say I fuck, I think you are going to say I fucking love fall because today I, felt
0: like fall. That's a residual, yeah. That I think that time. But fall is
2: football, so yeah. I – It's like the square rectangle deal. Like football is not fall, but fall is football, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Like an an isosceles triangle of sorts of logic. But anyways, I stepped outside today. It is sixty five ish degrees with a nice breeze in Michigan. This is this is the peak of my like I have never. This is the first time in a long time where I've actually like been excited to get out of bed every day, which is sad, and that, I think that's a whole other can hey, of worms to open that we don't have to open. Can, but I, throw, just...
2: can I throw something in over the top, not to throw interrupt it in. you? Over the you top. I, I will say this because this comes up in some capacity every year around this time, it seems like. I don't think I know anyone who rocks like a fall outfit better than Raps.
0: Well, it just, it's, like the, it's the free... flannel, the boots. Yeah. Did
1: you see me, Trent? No, on. no,
2: no. That's, that's <laughs> his... <laughs> that's that's Rabs's thing when you I'm have kidding.
0: when you have a body type like myself layers help layers in the head oh, okay. helps oh got god Again, so
2: this also happens every time that i try to give rab's a compliment he's taking the compliment right i'm
0: taking it i i appreciate Collins, it you what should, you Collins.
2: I, I i made this i made this statement
1: today trent to one of my buddies in a group chat today is a perfect day for to get a fit off <laughs> a like, yeah, you, can, you can really do a lot with your wardrobe
2: go get your fit off king this yeah. is I did, the, this is the weather i did buy a brand new crew neck and a brand new flannel the other day the flannel is a little, the flannel is out there it's like teal and pink but i like it mm. okay so I'm, I'm rocking with it
0: it's just such a great time of year i it mean is. and it's it's i just every single morning i wake up i do the mental gymnastics of like Oh, I'm two days away from another football game. Or I'm watching the, I'm watching the lions with Trent today. I'm going down to Ford field and going to the lions game, or I'm going up to East Lansing for the Spartan game or like, Oh, there's a Monday night football game on. I can watch that with friends. Like the, the, the possibilities are never ending. Like I don't, I, I have nothing but happy days ahead between football and fall and all the things that come with it. It's just a great time to be alive. And yesterday was hot as fuck outside. It was like 88 degrees. I was working the Shine Down concert, my last concert of the summer at Pine Knob, four years in the books. Shout out. Shout out. Thank you. Hang the hang my sweaty polo in the rafters. Um, and now we're just running downhill with football. So it's great to it's great to have the fall weather. And now we roll. This is the and it, it helps when you have a good gambling week. Last week, too, I was eleven and five. It's not too late to join the Rabo Riders. I do this. I don't do this for me. I do this for all of you people out there working hard, working those nine to fives. This is why I do what I do. So it's been great. I'm just having a great time and I hope you guys are catching the bug too. Um, Let's see. We have, look, and I want to, i got to mention this too. I know last week we promised that every, we're going to recap the lions every Monday things come up. We're here. We battled, we found a day that worked and now we're here. So obviously the lion stuff is not going to be as fresh as it was on, on as it would have been on Monday but we have to talk about it nonetheless. It's our bread and butter here. We also have in just a a clean sweep of Detroit sports news. We have Tigers to talk about. We have Pistons to talk about. I wanted to touch a bit on Red Wings. Training camp has started up in Traverse City. The prospect tournament is over and now it's training camp. So the entire Red Wings squad is up there getting primed for the season. Uh, The home opener is on October 14th. First preseason game at Little Caesars Arenas on September 28th. So that's exciting news. But we have a ton to talk about today, and we're going to get to all of it. We do have to, unfortunately, talk about Spartan football right now. And I, we were saying before the show, because there was that little cut. Do we do it? Do we not? We have to, because if we're going to – we everyone that's listened to this podcast for a while knows that we're three Michigan State grads. This is a Michigan State bias podcast. It is what it is. And if we're, we're going to talk about Michigan State football the first couple of weeks of the season on this podcast, we have to talk about them when they lose. And they lost. On Saturday it was crushing, and we're here now to discuss it, and we can open the floor. Was it what? What you think, Colin? I
2: had no interest watching that game after about honestly at half because I thought at half they were going to be able to cut it to two scores and then they didn't, and then it just felt like it was out of hand right right all over again. But yeah, Collins, you get in the mix because I actually I did. I went to bed like halfway through the third quarter to prep Ooh. for a Lions win on Sunday. I had to. I, I I was yeah. I was exhausted for multiple reasons, and I just was I they they can't play defense. The past defense looks worse than last year, which was a huge letdown because through the first two weeks it actually looked like an improvement. But you know you get your first test out there, and okay, and let's back this up because Collins, I actually like. I went into this game feeling like an underdog. I know there are a lot of Spartans like pumping their chests and and bumping their gums and stuff like. You know, or, or Mel Tucker is about to show you guys who the real underdog is. It, that was not the case for me at all. Like, I actually felt like an underdog. I did not think that Michigan State was going to win. Uh, you know, of course, we always put money on things that we don't think are going to happen or might happen, whatever. Hear that the other that said, yeah, I think everyone, everyone wants to hear from Ryan Collins instead of me ramble. So, Collins, what were your thoughts? Um, I
1: was sickened. Disgusted. I wanna <laughs> oh, like no. uh I wanna like do God, that's why Stephen A is the best. Let stray like, run amok. Just when he like gets like I am absolutely banned, like when he gets cooking, it's the best. I wish I had that in me. Um it was a joke. It was one of the worst coach games I've ever seen in Michigan State in a long time. Felt like I was like just super unprepared. Um the scheme on defense is terrible. I've been saying it for a year. Now that they – I don't understand what they're doing with their secondary. You can it, you can get all over the safeties and stuff a lot about coverage. That's fine. I don't know how you can blame the cornerbacks when you ask them to sit seven yards short every time while you play so – they just play the most soft zone ever, and there's just no creativity in the defense. It really is amazing. It's crazy. And, and even if you're going to play zone, you like have some sort of confusion. It is such a simple defense. If I was an offensive coordinator and I had the Division One talent that Minnesota has this weekend, I would put seventy on the Spartans this weekend. If they just gave me the play sheet, I'd be like, "Okay, run on first down, play action. Oh, let's get the tight end over the linebacker. That's fifteen yards every single play. Let's. Do, I mean, just. I will say this going into that game. I mean, I mean, Michigan State hasn't won any games on the West Coast ever. It was just really disappointing the way they just didn't show up in that first quarter and a half. Because the thing about it, like, yeah, Washington absolutely obliterated the defense, and it showed you that this team is further away from Ohio State-Michigan this year than they were last year, which sucks. Because y- you felt like they could possibly compete with those two teams.
2: Well, we miss- don't know what Michigan is. I will say that. No,
1: but I'm just saying, you felt like coming into the year the hey, eighth, I'm not saying they they have no chance to beat either of those teams. I'm just saying right. on a week-to-week basis like those teams, I thought there would be some sort of consistency, and I thought the defense was an improvement. Turns out it wasn't. But I will say this. If you want to do glass half full, I think this offense is going to be really good. They got behind the eight ball. They didn't play with Jaden Reed, and they still moved the football consistently. There was a couple of mistakes there with the safety, a botch snap on a third down early, like everything that went wrong, like could go wrong, went wrong in that first quarter. And, and I believe that's Murphy's law. No, but seriously, like the Correct. defense, was on, the defense was on the field for, I want to say like what, 14 out of the first 17 minutes of that. Yes. game. Yes. Yes. As bad as the defense was, they had no Like they get a fourth and goal stop and then Michigan state immediately gets a safety. So you can blame the defense all you want, but like could have took the pressure off them a little bit. And, and, Everything that went wrong could have gone wrong. And the one thing, if you're a Michigan State fan positively, you can look at you're like, hey, maybe you get Henderson back. Maybe you get Slade back this week. Maybe Reed makes a difference in this offense, makes him even more explosive. If you want to be glass half full, it's an out-of-conference game. It's the wake-up call. There's still a lot of time in the season to make adjustments. Do I think they will make adjustments on defense? No, because if you listen to the way Mel Tucker talked in his press conference, no schematic issues. Thanks, Mel. I love to hear that. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. But
2: I he called himself a what do you call himself? A horseshit football coach.
1: And I he, he is right now. Yeah. That was terrible coaching on
2: Saturday. One thing okay. I do love about Mel Tucker, he is like maybe the most accountable dude in the country. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I the th-
2: he I does not he, he doesn't believe his own hype. Like if you no, look I at him from the it, out yeah. if you look at him from the outside looking in, you probably think that. Like you you see these pictures of him with like the pit bulls, like these all these staged photos, and like it's They're a little really it's a little obnoxious. But then like you hear him talk after an embarrassing loss like that. He's like, Yeah, I suck. I sucked. We gotta be better. No, for
1: sure. I'm just saying it's this. When he does all the cliches and shit, it's gonna, and you're doing the chopping thing when you're down like 25 on the road, you're gonna get made fun of a little bit. But I, I'm just gonna say that's season's not over. This weekend's a huge, huge game. And, and the next five weeks, like if they're not careful, this season could get real sideways. But it starts this week. If they show up and it's Minnesota, go out and handle them. I mean, they're three point underdogs at home. Minnesota looks like the best team in the West. If Michigan State goes out and like beats Minnesota, beats Maryland next week, I'm back out where I thought this team could be. So the everyone wants to call the season over, and this is, it, it's one game. And it's disheartening that what's it called? That uh the defense looked exactly the same. and, and I'm just saying it could change the other direction very quickly because I think this offense has the ability to play with any defense in this conference, and they were just put, put behind the eight ball so much they weren't able to get them back in that football game. The defense is that bad, like literally, they made Michael Penix look like Steve Young. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, Rabs. I don't Who's know. What Steve you Young.
0: Oh, Steve Young. I thought you meant Vince Young, but there is a Steve Young. That's right. Yeah, Hall of Fame lefty. <laughs> yeah, lefty. Yeah. No, look, hey, I was optimistic the whole game. I really was. And it was it was a really, really tough, tough watch defensively. But when you get – when your team gets beat up that bad on defense and, and you literally can't – I mean, they – it was just like freestyle backyard football. It was so bad in the first half. And just just to get beat over the top so often and so many deep plays and just to know that you weren't – and they had a couple nice stops down by, near the goal line for sure. But I really can't fault the – I can't fault the – the offense for, you know, I mean, I thought that they played a respectable game. I'm glad they at least didn't quit. There was a moment there where you're like, Hey, they might cover back door here. They, so they didn't quit, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it really is amazing that this team is it's now been what two or three years of the Mel Tucker era. And from a guy that comes from a defensive mindset and, and being a, I think cornerbacks coach, this his bread and butter. I mean, he was a defensive
1: coordinator on those Georgia teams in the beginning. He recruited yeah. all those Georgia kids last year.
0: Yeah, and it is just it, – it is truly amazing with how – like you say, it's just – it's soft zone. It's You can do whatever you want underneath. You can do whatever you want across the middle of the field. And, like, there's just – I just think you have so many good athletes on that side of the ball. I really do think you have some nice athletes on the defensive side of the ball that they just really can't showcase anything because they never play man. And I get it's college football – it's not the NFL, but it is just tough to watch. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's always a slow death. And offensively, I mean, I, I got to say this too. I there's, there's the really weird camp of people out there that are like, fuck Peyton Thorne. Like I, I don't
1: understand. He played. I well don't either. Yeah. I, and I, I he, think he Thorne's really fine. hasn't
0: been, he hasn't been all that sharp in the first three games, but I, I don't, the alternative of throwing Noah Kim into the fire after winning two games relatively handedly. And then yes, of course you get your pants pulled down at Washington, which I will say, try and disagree. I thought that they should have won. The, I, I not that they should have won based on how the game went, but that to me is like a spot that Michigan state is in every year. Their first like road game out of conference that they play where they, you know, they looked good the first couple games. Now they're playing a real opponent on the road and they're not favored. And sometimes it goes their way. Sometimes it doesn't this time it did not, but I don't know. I my my expectations are still high for this year. I think that you're getting Minnesota in a good spot coming back home. I think they're missing a couple big-time wide receivers too, which is going to help you. But we'll see. I mean, if they lose this game at home to Minnesota, like it's that it, it would be tough. They're 3-point underdog. It would be tough. I and I I think that's disrespectful and it's just it's a recency bias thing on on Michigan State. I would like to they think have that they have to can win this week. This if game. they want any sort of and
1: Correct. Correct. My seven and a half is completely out the window if they lose this week because I'll tell you something, I don't feel very confident in them going to Maryland next week either. Yeah. The way this defense is set up, I'm just saying. And then you got Ohio State who could absolutely lay the hammer on you. Yeah. And Wisconsin at home, which is actually a good matchup for Michigan State. And then after that, you got the Michigan, you got the Penn State's left on the schedule, so it, it could get ugly if they don't. This is a big game, a big, big
0: game for Michigan State this weekend. It is, I agree, and I think we can put it to bed right there. So that's our that's, that's our talking Spartans here on the Motown Rundown. Uh several things to do today before we get to Lions. It just this is just how the news broke this week. Um, we can start with the Tigers. I think that's a good place to start after uh several weeks, potentially months of of kind of being in limbo of who is going to take over the baseball operations for the Tigers. Um, Scott Harris comes over from the San Francisco Giants. He is the new president of baseball operations. I guess in in layman's terms, that's just general manager. I don't, I don't anticipate them hiring someone else that they're going to give a different title and make them general manager. Um, Scott Harris was calling the shots in the front office. Now, as far as player player personnel is concerned, um, coaching staff, all that good stuff. So, I, I will not sit up here on this podcast and pretend to know all the ins and outs of who they were interviewing for the job and, you know, who's the right guy, who's not. Um, I can only tell you what I hear from people that are inside baseball and know all this stuff. So it sounds like he's a really well-respected individual. I think he's only like 34 or 36 years old. So he's a young guy um, coming from the San Francisco giants, being at the helm of that team where, I mean, they won a hundred plus games last year. San Francisco is always a very highly touted, well-respected organization that um, especially from a pitching standpoint, develops talent pretty well. And um, I, I, in his press conference, I thought he, he hit a home run with a lot of his comments of, you know, it's about developing players and keeping them here, which is something the Tigers have never done because if they develop anyone, they always get moved on and you never get this to really reap the fruits of your labor. So Um, player development is at the forefront and, and I thought he made a lot of good comments about wanting to make the Tigers a good team for the fans. Like I, he understands that this fan base is hungry for a great baseball team that gets back to some winning ways. And I think that he said a lot of right things in his press conference and I wish him the best. I mean, you really can't get any worse. I I hate to call it rock bottom, but it's like you, you have, of course you have a couple nice young players and Riley green. And, you know, you want to throw a in there, Matt Manning, Torkelson, but there are a lot of question marks for this team that I hope get cleaned up um, relatively soon. And just, just in having peeked around this team for the last couple of weeks and not that I'm paying all that much attention to tigers baseball anymore with football and everything else that's going on right now. But there are just some as time goes on. I mean, you know, I love Harold Castro. There's nowhere you can play him in the field. Willie Castro, like to me, just has that Nico Goodrum syndrome of like, hey, it's been it's been a great ride, Willie. But it's 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 time to really get serious about winning some baseball games here. And I just hope some things get cleaned up and I'm excited to get fresh eyes on this baseball team and you know, coming from an organization in San Francisco where I I think the last handful of years they've really done a a pretty impressive amount with not so much there. Like it's, you know, the, the, the years of of your San Francisco Giants with your Buster Posey and your Madison Bumgarner and Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, like that's, it's kind of really coming to a hard end here with just kind of moving on and in a new era of San Francisco Giants baseball. And they've been respectable again, winning a hundred plus games last year. And, um, They took a step back this year, but I, I think, you know, Scott Harris seems to have a pretty nice track record and uh, is well respected in the industry. So I'm glad to have you, Scott. Thanks for coming by. I it can't get any worse. Please.
2: Help. I just, you're right. You can't get any worse. And this is the, this is the problem with this for me is it, it, and it's not even a problem. It's a good problem to have. You could say it already has me excited for next year, knowing that, and granted, if, as a Tigers fan of all ages, this is the last year where you can take the silver lining of, well, the young guy's got to play because a guy like Kerry Carpenter does seem to be like something you can build on going into next year. Now, should he play every day? Probably not, of course, but we'll see. You know, he's at least going to be out there pushing Akil Badu and pushing uh, Austin Meadows or whoever the hell else you want to throw out there with Riley Green in center, of course. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My only criteria for this job, as soon as Alavila was fired, were a outside hire, so check there. B under sixty. It's not ageism. It's simply just I want someone. Yeah, who, it is. I don't want an Who has some sort of connection <laughs> to the analytics side of things. So check there, and I added a bonus one as Rabs was talking, because you're right. He said a lot of the things a lot of the right things, a lot of the coach speak in his introductory press conference. But you know what? I appreciate the guy who will, like, walk in here and address the problem right away. Don't just give me, like, a bunch of, like, just say, yeah, this roster stinks and we're pretty much open to trading everybody. And that's what he said. So, you know, like, we're, we're up to make some risky moves, some big moves. Does that mean, like, moving a guy like Casey Mize Never. Oh. Everyone's like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And then maybe three years down the road, it's the best move they've made in 20 years. So, and again, I'm not predicting that. I'm just simply throwing that out there as everything's on the table. And everything has to be on the table when you have this bad of a year that the Tigers have had after having the expectations that they had after seven years of rebuilding of rebuilding with Alavila. So I think I, I don't want to call this a home run for a couple reasons. One is that's a huge cliche in baseball. And two, we really don't know anything about the guy, as you mentioned, Rabs. but I just like it from the standpoint that it's an outside hire. He's a young dude. He seems to be in tune with what's going on in the city and what this, what the fans actually want, unlike your owner sometimes. And I just like the message that he got across Collins. Um,
1: Scott Harris. I mean, yeah, I I immediately saw his suit tie combo, and I was like, "Oh, is that good style? I like this." No, I, I, and that might sound stupid, but that's really all I know about him, other than the research I did about what he did in San Francisco. I was laughing about like people acting like he's some uh like whisper with old players. I'm like, I think that's more San Francisco's just development. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's like Scott Harris. Um. But yeah, I'm excited. It sounded like they're going to be aggressive this offseason, which is bizarre based on what happened this year. After their, So I, I'm i very interested. I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are not in the mix again. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a shocking trade. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do. And it sounds like um, it was kind of cool that Iserman was in the process because you, uh, you talked to an actual good GM and get his input. It lets you you figure out who's the smartest guy in the room, and having Iserman in there kind of helps you figure that out. Um, On face value, it looks good, but at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. And and it looks like this is a young guy, Theo Epstein, like tree of whatever, Maybe he can reclimate this project, which is the Detroit Tigers, because it's not like a completely juiceless franchise. Like there's, like you said, Ravs, There's things here, and there's potential for. I want to say a quick turnaround, but like, I wouldn't be shocked next year if the Tigers are like after the first like two months of the year they're kind of in the mix. Because
2: I don't think that, anyone like, would count. I don't think anyone, because I think everyone expected that this year. The problem was you just didn't quite have the no, hitting. Yeah, they suck. You didn't have the hit. So
1: no
0: well,
1: I'm just saying you have green for four, you of torque in the Mets you found you might have 10 years though with the Tigers late season. that's your and, and I don't know. I I, I still think there's like decent pieces in He'll be Batnature, who I really like, Turnbull. Um, That's the thing, people forget about for Turnbull. That...
2: People they forget. I, Sorry, I, 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 mean, I mean, I just think – I think he ultimately like, he... – if your young guys are going to perform for you, people just forget that you have a guy who just threw a no-hitter and you're just dropping him right back in the mix. Sorry, Collins, you froze for a second, so if my timing was off, I apologize. But.
1: No, it's fine. What's it called? Uh, I don't know what – I mean, they got a lot of injuries to deal with on the pitching staff, and they figure it out. I, I like some of their young arms, so I'm just – there's pieces here, and I'm not saying like, oh, he's at the pieces right now to build a championship contender and whatever, but – the tigers could still be interesting in and that's one to two years. I'm interested to see what he does this offseason because it sounds like they're going to spend money again. Yep, this offseason, which is surprising, I would say after the Swanya mess that they had this year with Erod and Javi and Austin Meadows, the guy who didn't even basically didn't play this year. So that going to be very interesting, and I, I and this off season's to be very interesting for Harris. Other than that, I have nothing else I like to
0: hire. Good deal. Sweet. You can do whatever you want, Scott. I have I have you literally nothing can. Left. I don't have anything left for you. I if mean you he trade to to Green. you do. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um some other moves here being made in the city. Uh Detroit Pistons just broke today. I'm trying to let you break the news because you can probably pronounce this guy's name better than I can, even though I do know who he is. I want to pat myself on the back. I do know who he is. I can't well, th-
2: this name. is an all-time NBA 2K name. Um, he's been around for a while, of course. The NBA, the NBA, the Detroit Pistons trading the, trading, trading, save it. I'm butchering this. Yeah, I do, This is why I don't break news. This is why Ravs does this shit. Saban Lee and Kelly Olynyk, fan favorite are headed to the Utah Jazz for Bojan Bogdanovic, three-point sharpshooter. Now, Bogdanovic's name, and that's it, straight up, two for one. Uh, His name has been floated around all offseason as kind of a potential trade piece. A lot of contenders were looking at him. The Los Angeles Lakers wanted to bolster up their roster with him. And the asking price was ultimately too high, and that's why some of the deals didn't end up getting done. Now, the Jazz obviously are in full rebuild after they gave Donovan Mitchell away to Cleveland. Uh, you know, and they, they brought back some nice young pieces, but they're ultimately, they're still trying to sell Jordan Clarkson. They're still trying to sell some of their other pieces. They got rid of Rudy Gobert. People forget he's in Minnesota now. So long road home for them, but Hey, the Pistons, this is a win. Everything I read today, every single writer, every single reporter, every single fan website, the Pistons won this trade times a hundred, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich steps in and instantly becomes your best three point shooter. That is a roster that has a guy like, you know, a sharpshooter like Sadiq Bey on it and Isaiah Livers. He shoots 39% from the field. Bogdanovich does. He flings about six and a half threes a game. Uh, That's what he did in Utah the last three years in the modern NBA. So he's not afraid to shoot it. And from an X's and O's standpoint, and I'm sure Collins will mention this, this is huge for Cade because Cade last year was dealing with uh, I think I don't know if the Pistons were dead last in three-point percentage, but they were close. They were about 32% from three last year. League average is around 36. So they just they, they weren't a good three-point shooting team. And if Cade is able to – Cade was able to average seven and a half assists with a team that can't shoot outside of Sadiq Bay. So you bring in Bogdanovich, who I, I don't remember what the number was, but he's been able to hit three-pointers at a clip over the last three years combined that – no one other than Paul George, Duncan Robinson, and Kyrie Irving have hit. So he's literally he's a an elite shooter. He's, he's an elite shooter, an elite knockdown shooter. And I want to say it again because I think it bears mentioning. He shoots six and a half threes per game. So you're gonna get He's gonna get out there and shoot. It's not like the Luke Kennard days where Luke Kennard will just pump fake and pass. You're like, dude, what the hell? That's why we drafted you. And like, it, it, no, Bo, Bojan Bogdanovich is gonna come in here and shoot. And Collins, I don't know. We can play the lineup game. He plays the three and the four, but he doesn't play much down low. It's all he's outside. He's going to start. I think he's going to start at maybe the maybe the four. They might put Bagley at the three. It might get weird, but I think that's your starting Bagley front. Bagley at the
1: three. They'll be the opposite.
2: Well, well yeah, they'd switch it. they put uh, Bogdanovich on the perimeter. But I think those are your starting forwards now. And at center, I think it'll be to, to to lose at the beginning of the year. But by the end of the year, when we see the Pistons at their best, we'll have plenty of time to get there. I think it's going to be Jalen Duran Stewart coming off the bench. Durant, I, Durant, I, lo- I I like I, where it's
1: going. I know you like Duran. This is just a quick aside. Duran's going to be a little bit of a project. Well, he's but very I,
2: raw, he's, but he's, he's tall. The, I, I, it's going to take some time. You're going to see the athletic
1: ability on the defensive end. It's going to take time offensively. Um, I like the move. It's a proven guy. The Pistons don't have a lot of those guys on the roster right now. And I'm a firm believer. And when you're rebuilding and you're building like a core of franchise, it's better to be competitive when you actually finally have like two, like they tanked last year is what it is. Now, now it's like, you know what? Let's start trying to win a little bit.
2: Yeah. Collins. Like, I read a, yeah. I read a bleacher report article today. And one of the, one of the um like analyses was like, Oh, well the Pistons, are, this, this is going to cost the Pistons some losses. So they're going to have to suffer some draft position or draft lottery. And I was like, we're you gonna like,
1: win too many games this year anyway. Yeah, that, I was like, like, are
2: you what are you talking about? They're no. not
1: gonna be in that top five minutes that they were this year. They're just not. There's way worse teams. Like Indiana, full tank mode, Utah, full tank mode, who the Pistons got that try Get they're, down they're, they're
2: closer to making the play in tournament than they are. So that would be a nine or a ten seed than they yeah, are. Yeah, they'll in be in the five. mix for
1: that. But um I'm just a firm believer. It's nice to have like veterans and guys who've done it and and he's a nice piece. I don't know how many how much tread he's got left on the tires, to be honest. But he's just a that, shooter, so. No, I get that, but uh, the big thing about him and why he's such a good player, he was a really nice defensive player for a really long time in this league, and, and he he and, and he's one of those slower guys and whatever, but like he was effective on the defensive end. So I don't know how much left he has in the tank. For some I kept on thinking that he tore his ACL last year, but that was Joe Ingles. Oh, easy mistake. No, I, get, yeah, I kept guys. on thinking about yeah, that. Easy. They're very similar players. Um, but I really like this move. I think it makes you better. Um, I think it helps you positionally because I, I like Sadiq, but I, I almost see Sadiq as a two at this point, the way yep. he plays. And he can play the three, no problem. But I'm just – it gives you another wing and a little bit more length. So I like this move. I really yeah. do. And Saban Lee, I liked Saban Lee when he came to this organization. It was clear that Casey was never a fan. Um, And obviously with Jay Nivey coming into the picture, and they already have Hayes, he's not going to get that much run. And, and Kelly Olenek was an, a stopgap guy. And I like Kelly Olenek. He's a solid NBA player. Buzzer beater just,
2: against the Hornets last year. I
1: guarantee you. I mean, he, he's probably going to get traded midseason to a contender and will help a good team in the playoffs next year. So – um. I like the move for the Pistons. Um, It's not earth-shattering, but these are the little moves you make to make your team a little bit more competitive. And then when it's time to start going a little bit more all-in, it, it, you do it. But it, it it's not the time to make a massive deal. But this is, this is something that helps you build the blocks as a process, as a franchise. When you have your young franchise player playing with good, NBA-competent players and you're not trying to lose every night. So I like the move.
2: I do too. One last thing I wanted to add, Collins, as you mentioned, it just adds a little size to the roster too. I mean, he's not like, he's not bumping bodies, but he's six, eight, you know, so he gives he's up a big low. dude. Yeah. He can play the three or the four and he's a very big three when he's out there and he's, he's tough to guard. He's a good shooter. So Rabs, unless you got any thoughts, we can roll into everybody's favorite team in the city.
0: No, I loved it. I thought it was a great move. I look, Kelly Olynyk to me never really never really did anything for me, and Sabin Lee spent most of his time in the G League last year. So you have enough guards. I don't think guards are the issue. I'm not upset that you're losing Saban Lee. You do factually need a guy who can shoot the three ball in today's NBA, and this was a perfect move to do so. So that's my ba- that's my basketball talk for the year. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Now moving on to potentially the best team in the city. They have to be the best team in the city. I've got so much juice for this team. I am drowning in Kool-Aid, and we'll, time will tell if that's foolish or not. But now it's time to talk Lions. Um, a commanding victory over the Washington football organization last week. 36-27. to 27. I know that Washington came back a bit in that second half and It seemed like the Lions kind of turned it off a little bit, but nonetheless, I mean, that I was there at the game with Trent two weeks in a row. That atmosphere, and I I said this to you, Trent, when they, I don't know if it was the same possession as the safety, but when the commanders were backed up on the goal line in the end zone closest to us, and there was that intentional grounding they were talking about for a little bit, and the Lions were just swarming Washington on the goal line, that was the loudest I've ever been in, in any building, any sport, any building, whatever. That's the loudest I've ever heard a fan base get. And it was just the it, it, I mean, I've been talking to my dad. He's like, I haven't seen a half of football like that in however many years, you know, and I think even from a let's take the Lions out of it just from a football standpoint, just completely dominating a team defensively and moving the ball beautifully on offense. It was a tremendous win. There's so many different ways you can look at it. I mean, the Dan Skipper storyline was great in the in the league for six years. Practice squad to practice squad gets a start at guard, which he doesn't actually play. Uh, the O-line played tremendous. They were down what? They were
2: down Ragnow,
0: Jonah Every, Jackson. Everyone on
2: the interior line, Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and Halapulavati Baitai, who's out for a while.
0: Right. I think he's out for the entire season, by the way. Well, so I, don't nice, th- nice, th- awesome I don't think signing they-
2: there. I don't think they rule them out, but yeah, it it looks like he's going to be out for like at least till you know ten. But 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 yes, your your point stands. Depleted offensive
0: line, a depleted offensive line. The running game has looked great. Swift was banged up, but you still gave him the rock and just. Just yards per carry. I mean, I it, I was I listened to some. I don't know if it was Dan Orlovsky who said it this morning. Oh my god! Or, or whatever. And you can whatever say whatever you want about him, but at least he defends the Lions on national TV. But I the league average, the league guy. average He's for Lions, his job. The, the league average for yards per carry in the NFL right now is four point six. The Lions, the Lions yards per carry is four point six before contact. So it just goes to show how good the running game has been with the tandem of Jamal Williams and. In DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift is such a pleasure to watch. And I loved watching hard knocks this year and the way the Deuce Staley really like sternly looked at him and was like, you can be an absolute dog in this league if you just get to that next level and just the playmaking ability. And when he gets in space, he's so dangerous and bailing Jared Goff on the one pass where he's throws behind him, It's low. He's rolling on the ground. He gets up on one on one ankle and, and pops up and scores a touchdown like just just an awesome win. And, and I understand, I don't put a lot of stock into the Washington football foundation, but with that, without, I mean, you have to look at this game for what it is. Like they played objectively well. And I think that there are people around the league and I love seeing the stat of these teams that have scored the most points through two or three weeks or whatever. And the lions are, in second place with seventy one behind the Buffalo Bills, who are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And, and and I know I I sound so ridiculous and so crazy that I'm like putting them in the same category as the Bills, which I'm not. But it, at least someone's got to meet. And I know Trent Well and on Collins. I'm sure you will too. This Lions fan base has to meet me halfway on nobody has seen a win like that in a long time, and then oh a performance like I that in a long time. No, okay. uh, obviously that. I'm going to agree. What's, so deal? Collins, what, next. I, what's yeah. the deal, Collins? What?
2: what are we
1: doing here? What are we? They look That great. was a
2: great win. That's what we're it doing. Was, it was. I, I, it
1: was a great win. It was a great win. This NFC looks weak. The Lions schedule on paper looks weak. This team might have an opportunity to make the playoffs. How about we say that? That's let's it. Not, that's all I need. Sure. Okay, that's, that's a big that's deal. Fine, that's a Don't big deal. Don't like this team is. You're acting like. They had, and I I criticize Stafford and stuff like this. They've had weeks like this. They've had, like, Stafford and them had weeks like this. They did. So don't say, like, this is a completely new culture and whatnot. It's one week. And the one thing that I think the biggest positive is that what you saw out of Aiden Hutchinson. I think point blank. And DeAndre Swift, I think we all knew before the game how big of a weapon he is. Hutchinson is a guy you spent your second pitch on, and he looked fucking unguardable. He looked unguardable in that first half. he got half. banged up there, too. Yeah, but I think he'll be, he'll be fine. Okay. I think yeah. it was more of a cautionary thing. And he looked incredible. So, if Hutchinson's in a play like that, on that defensive line, that completely changes things for this Lions team. Makes the secondary better. Makes the rest of your defensive line better because he's been double the entire time. Um. So, I, what can you say? I mean, the offensive play calling has been really good through two games, too. Yeah, still, I still think Jared Goff, when you play good teams is going to hold you back, but he doesn't kill oh, 100%, you. One hundred percent, I agree. No, he and he doesn't kill you against bad teams, and they're going to play a lot of bad teams this year. So, um, I think this week is a big, big test because you you're going to face a hungry Minnesota team on the road, first road game of the year, and they don't even have to win this game to have me completely buy in. If this is a competitive football game with the Lions have an opportunity to win and the defense holds up a little bit, Ravs, I'll jump in and just be like, okay, this team could, I'm not saying win the division, but this team could win maybe 10 games. But I I still need to see it because I don't think the commanders are any good. I really don't. And we didn't see the commanders with Chase Young. It's a completely different defense than you receive with them play later in the season. Um, I just... I I would like to see it this weekend because as bad as the Vikings looked on Monday night against the Eagles, I think the Vikings are going to be pretty damn good this year, especially offensively. So if I see this defense show up like they did last week in the first half against the Commanders, and I see the competency with the offense, the the offensive balance is as balanced as it's ever been. There's never been an Lions offense like this ever, if you look back in the history. That is the biggest positive of this season so far. And that's with a quarterback who cannot push the football downfield. They're this balance, And that tells you whatever Ben Johnson is doing, steam wise has been fantastic because we talked about this offensive line all offseason the last two years, how great it is. I don't think three of their, three of their starters in play on Sunday, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. So that's a steam thing, and that's a running back thing with DeAndre Swift. So, And Amon St. Brown looks great. They're going to get some help with Jameson at the end of the year. I don't want to look forward to a but like, that's what solid teams are supposed to do against bad teams, and they did it. And they looked like a well-coached team on Sunday. So if that continues, hey, but let's let's pump the brakes. Like that, that was that was a a chain culture defining like whatever they they were a well-coached team on, on Sunday. They looked great. I mean, golf is golf. He he did what he had to do. Mont Saint Brown looks like he's going to be a guy who plays in this league for 15 years. He just looked so solid. Um, but let's pump the brakes on. I think you are getting a little carried away. It was a great win. There's optimism around this team. I think for the first time, what in three years since Stafford left for sure. Yeah, but even with Stafford, you knew. Yeah, the, I, I would.
2: Say, I would agree. I would say probably since Patricia's first or second year.
1: Yeah, so, I like, there's optimism around this team, and I truly believe they can make the playoffs. If you really look at it, like, I did not think that coming into the season that this team can make the playoffs. I think you would have to be short-sighted and just naive and kind of just be like a boo, like a blower. Yeah, no, a hater did not see that as possible for Lions to win this division. Object- not the division, It's I take that bad to make a wild card spot objectively with their schedule and the way their offense has performed so far. And if Hutch isn't going to play like that on consistent bases, they're going to have an opportunity. And Jeff Okuda's looked great right in the secondary. I've been really impressed with what I've seen. Yes, on he hand. has.
2: So, yes, he has. So
1: um, I'm very optimistic, but I'm not all the way. I'm not bought, bought in. If they show up this weekend, Rabs, I'm all the way. And by the way, I'm excited for this Lions team on Sunday as excited as I've been for a Lions team in a really long time because it, it kind of feels like for the first time in a while it's like this is an important division game let's win that know what I mean it's not yeah. like oh I just hate the Vikings I hope we win this week it's like no this could matter let's win this week so I'm excited for this Sunday
2: yeah it, you know what as crazy as it sounds it looks like we have ourselves a division it looks like it look because when you look at what every team has done so far, I don't think any team, I don't think we can make any assumptions other than the bears suck. I really think that's it. And I'm not saying that to be a troll. I'm just saying the Packers lost to a, like to the Vikings. And then, you know, they go beat the bears and the bears beat Trey Lance in a monsoon. And then they get crushed by the Packers. And then the lions do what they do. So I just want, everyone to take a step back here. Like Rabs, obviously I'm with you. I was at the game with you as you, you, you pretty much nailed it as far as like being in the stadium and feeling that feeling of like looking up and it's 22, zero lions, and, like
0: amazing.
2: And even when, <laughs> e- even, when they're only up five, zero, it's like, dude, they're dominating this game. Like they just need to get in the end zone here. Um, and and the, yeah. So the safety was awesome. They were, this is this is the biggest thing that I've noticed with this team this year, and I don't think you guys would disagree. The single biggest thing, the pressure on the quarterbacks has been great. Not good. Yeah, they
0: hurry a ton of great. throws.
2: Great. They're tied for first in the league with 48 hurries. They forced the most quarterback throwaways in the league. Would have been more if Jalen Hurts couldn't just flip him away all the time. So you look at the tape from week one, it's like, yeah, they just couldn't get home versus Hurts. He's also probably the only – scary running back like like uh or excuse me the only scary running quarterback on the schedule because you look at like who you got coming up it's kurt cousins geno smith mac jones cooper rush tua trevor lawrence fields twice like which one of those guys is getting away from you like that so they finally they i think they implemented the same exact game plan they said carson wentz were coming for you and they got home five times it's that simple so Keep the pressure on D as Collins mentioned, Aiden Hutchinson had his coming out party. We all kind of expected it. Everyone called for it and we got it. Offense is scoring at a great clip, 35 and a half points per game. Don't change a damn thing, whatever you're doing. DeAndre Swift looks like a top, seriously a top three back in the league. Derrick Henry has fallen off a bit. Delvin Cook, I don't really know what's going on there. There's just some weird things happening. And DeAndre Swift only have seven touches and make that much of an impact on the game. I I, I just, you won, you won Sunday wire to wire as Collins mentioned. Like, you've you got a great game plan. You go in, you implement it. Hawks having drop issues. Swift was limited. You've got an all-interior O-line backup plan. Chark is catchless. And you win the game by 11. Like, you, you just, it's a better team. And I don't want to harp on that because Collins nailed it. So I guess that those are my takeaways from the game itself. And when you look ahead to Sunday, it's like, yeah, Collins, that's where I'm with you almost where it's like the beauty of doing this show on a Thursday as we record is I've come down from the high of Monday. Like, Oh, it's victory Monday. Like, no, now it's time to go beat the Vikings. Cause you know what? That game actually is going to mean something in the long run, as much as it means something in the short run. And it's like, the standard is, the standard is raised now. Like the, the standard, they should, standard, they should have beat the commanders last week. It's, it's okay to say that like Collins, you're right. That is the standard. Now I also agree with, I'm like in the middle, I, of course I agree with Rabs and that, that was a fantastic win. I think it was Thank you. culture defining it, it to an extent for Dan Campbell to win wire to wire like that in, in the early season and win some guys over a little earlier than a week 10 or 12 or whenever they got their first win last year. So look, I, I don't have a ton for you. I just think they got to keep getting after the quarterback. They play, they play all these mediocre quarterbacks on this schedule. It's like you, you get to the quarterback that's 70% of the defensive game plan, man. And they just after years and years and years of watching Matt Patricia and even Caldwell to an extent at the end, not rush, not Blitz. I mean, this is it, it's, it's fun to watch. And I understand this Kaminsky guy. He's undergoing uh, finger surgery. He's going to be out for a while. He was actually leading the Lions in pressures. So someone's going to have to step up there. I'm not sure if it's going to be one of the Oquara brothers as Romeo starts to get ready to come back or whatnot. But the, the, the formula the Lions have been winning with, I guess this is my bottom line. The formula the Lions have been winning with, or, or won with, I guess, on Sunday and competed with two weeks ago will will keep you in the mix and as Colin said might make the playoffs this year in a week NFC it just will run the ball mix it up a little bit hit the 30 point mark rush the quarterback you know your Jeff Okuda looks better back there or Warrior still looks to be himself so you've got the pieces to do it man you're a little soft in the middle at linebacker they're kind of figuring it out they're figuring it out i love what i'm seeing i love what i saw sunday and This pick segment that we're going to do here in a minute is going to be fun because I, before the season, I've got everyone, I've got everyone's prediction right here. We've got L's across the board on week three. And the problem is you saw what you saw Monday night and it's just like, yes, there's the Kirk Cousins mojo of he he doesn't play well on Monday nights, but there's also the dude, you just got to kind of shut down Jefferson, which is much easier said than done, but He's the whole key to their offense. Delvin cook. Isn't going to be anymore. At least that's my opinion. I don't think Delvin cook is going to bulldoze you and beat you anymore. So especially with Malcolm Rodriguez, who currently somehow is the best PFF run stopping defender in the whole league. So I just think that that stuff is it's, you see these things. It's hard not to drink the Kool-Aid as Rabs mentioned, but do you guys want to roll into the Vikings game so I can stop uh rambling annoying? Yeah, We
0: can we can do it for sure. Um, and like you said, like both you guys said, I'm very excited to watch this game. Cause I'll tell you, I don't think anyone in the league is afraid of playing Seattle. And if you roll into Seattle two and one and can get out of there, and I know I'm looking ahead. If you can come out of Seattle and your team's three and one, I mean, that is you're you're in a good spot versus being. Mind you, that Seattle eight.
2: game's at home, too. Also, like we're not
0: right versus you, being you, you're saying
2: that uh, what's the what's the term? You're saying that figuratively. We're not rolling into Seattle; they right, are rolling correct. into Detroit. They and, are rolling into us. And if you roll back home, yeah, three and one. Ooh, watch out! I agree. Who do they play after Seattle?
0: I'm already getting so ahead of myself. New England. Yeah, they suck too. All <laughs> right,
2: know.
0: let's do the picks: Lions at Vikings, the first divisional game of the year at one o'clock p.m. Um, on Sunday, the spread is six points in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. The over under is 51 and a half. Let me go back to my board or should we do, we can do human locks after I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares out of order. I got to go back here. So, so in a shocking turn of events, there are two fellows on this podcast that are three and one on lions picks. There is one that is four and oh, Trent is four and oh. We all had the Lions last week, but Trent had the over and went way over. Um, and now we roll into this week. Uh, Lions are plus six. The over under is I set it. And now my phone is frozen. That's a tough look. Fifty one and a half. Trent, you're the first on the leaderboard. You can start.
2: So this is an interesting one because, of course, you know, I, I think as the story goes, the line was a, I think it was over a touchdown. It was like seven and a half. And then Monday yeah, I got ended.
0: pulled. Monday night happened so bad
2: and it moved it a full point and a half look uh I do not expect the Lions to win this game but six points is too many I think it's going to be a field goal game either way I do think the Lions can win I'm not expecting them to win um but I think it goes under I think both defenses are going to be amped up especially Minnesota's and Detroit's got to be ready for that and they will be but look I I just think I mentioned it earlier I think if you stop Delvin cook. And you just trust Okuda to check Justin Jefferson. Obviously he's not going to do a two interception performance like slay just did on Monday night, but just check him. I mean, I, I, I was one of the fools that was like, what the hell happened to Adam Thielen? Isn't he still pretty good? Evidently not. He does nothing. So if you stop cook and Jeff Okuda plays up to the standard that he's been playing through two weeks, I, and I wish I had his numbers in front of me so I could do him some justice because he's been phenomenal in his third season. Um, I, I i like the i like the Lions to cover the six. I think it's going to be a field goal game either way, and I like the under because I think both defenses are ultimately just going to be able to check the other offense. How's that? Lions and under.
0: Um, I can go, Collins. I feel like I always go last. I will take the Lions here plus six. Um, I do also think they can win, and I actually think that they probably—I really think they should win at this point. I I, just—I Minnesota looks so. You're really.
2: It's in Minnesota. Minnesota looks so
0: so. And hey, the Eagles looked good. The Eagles are real. Yeah, did you watch that,
1: that the first week game though? Whose game? The
0: Vikings game? Yeah. I did Handle not, I know, I know they beat up. They the looked awesome on that game. I know. That's why it's
2: tough. It's recency. It's a recency. It game. is
0: recency bias. I will take the Lions plus six. I I I if they lose, they lose, but I don't think it's gonna be that out of hand. Uh this over under here. I'm gonna go under two, Trent, just because I feel like they're due for an under because they've been over the last two weeks. And I know that the Lions can let up points, but I just I Kirk Cousins, man, he's a Spartan for life, obviously. But it, it, I just would like to think that this Lions defense plays with a little bit more pep in their step and can get to Cousins. And I just, that that offense, like I, I get they have Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, who unfortunately is on my fantasy team and does not look like himself. I don't know what the deal is, but I'm just going to go under because I think both defenses can keep two mediocre quarterbacks in check and and it'll be close, but that's what I like.
1: Um, if this was at seven, I would have took the Lions. I think the Vikings are going to win by a touchdown, and then it's gonna be a close game all day. I think the Lions will have an opportunity to go in and tie it. It just feels like one step away from where the Lions are and where the Vikings are. I know the Vikings looked really bad on Monday night. I Cousins played awful. Like you can, you can't. It, like Cousins is super. I mean, in prime time, you look at his numbers; he's just terrible. And then in one o'clock games, he looks like a top-ten quarterback. So I expect him to be solid. And Justin Jefferson is going to be a major issue for this Lions secondary. They are going to have major issues with him. It's just a really bad matchup for them. I think the Lions are an opportunity. I will take the over, too. I think
0: there's a lot of points scored in this game. I think I'm on the wrong side of that, unfortunately. Okay, those are our picks. Those are our picks. I gotta get back. I this could be a this could be a week that I did I drop down to last place. Who knows? Um all right. Our mortal locks, our mortal human locks, depending on what branding we're going with this week. Um should have done it first, but we did not. Uh Trent oh, and three. It's not good.
2: Yeah, it's not. Um, and I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna try to avenge myself from last week because the Ravens should have covered against the Dolphins. That they- was
0: I was sick to my stomach. I was like pointing at the score because they were up like 14. And I was pointing at the score to you, and I was like, What a great pick, Trent. And then just, I don't, I then you see that on the scoreboard in, in Ford Field, they show the scores and they show like passing and rushing, which is great, by the way. I don't know if every NFL stadium does that, but they show all the rushing leaders and stuff. And so I, w- I the last thing in my brain was like Ravens were up twenty one to seven or twenty eight to fourteen or something. And then the next thing I see is Tua has five touchdown passes, and I'm like, this doesn't check out. What happened in this game? There's no way the Ravens are still winning. And sure enough, yeah,
2: they're just fast. So I, I look, I wanna, I wanna fight fire with fire and take the Ravens minus two and a half against the Patriots in New England. I think that's a pretty I easy line. I am going to pass it though. I'm gonna take it, but that's not no. my lot. Oh. My I'm lock, and this is a fun one because I'm going to go against our beloved Matthew Stafford, number nine child, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus three and a half at home against the Rams. I don't get that line at all. I mean, the the Cardinals have a great home crowd. They always do. Sea red the Red Sea, whatever they call themselves. The no Cardinals are good. Way. No, you, the, I think the Cardinals are good. I think the Cardinals are good, and I think at home they kind of seize control here. They've uh, they
1: took a miracle last week.
2: I know, but that was a good game. It was against a good team, too. Also, I think I'm frozen here, so I'm just going to – No, you're
0: good. You're good. Oh, I'm no, good. I'm good. good.
2: Okay. No, I like the Cardinals. <laughs> I just – I don't think they've quite found their footing yet. They Look, they don't get DeAndre Hopkins back so I think week seven, so it's going to be a little shaky until then because they also lost Christian Kirk, as we know. So I think they're just still trying to figure some things out, but ultimately I like them at home. They're, they're they're three three-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Rams who have not looked like half as good as they were last year, to be honest with you. They almost choked it away last week against the bad Falcons team. So I like the Cardinals at home in Phoenix with a home crowd. Kyler Murray, James Conner, F me up. I like it. Let's go. Plus
0: three-and-a-half.
2: Plus three-and-a-half. That's my mortal lock.
0: All right. I will go next. I am one and two on mortal locks. I have been... Really, really good. Knock on wood. this this floor is not wood. This I could be in trouble. Uh, my picks have been good. My mortal locks have not. I am two and two on mortal locks. I am one and two on this podcast because I did a week zero mortal lock that hit in college football. I am one and two on this podcast. Last week I had Purdue money line. I don't know if you guys saw that game. I watched Ridiculous. those. Those the, refs, should be, it. Those refs should be in prison. Those refs should be in prison. That was. And the I the tight thought, end should be kicked off the team. The guy's an idiot. And the coach, whatever the coach was that cost him 15 yards too. That game, I watched the Tim Donahue documentary on Netflix. The night. By before the way, that's complete. Game.
1: The whole documentary is a lie. So
0: really? What do you mean? It's
1: but it's like from his perspective, he definitely bet on the games he was like roughing. Oh,
0: of course. I would agree with that. But that that just proved to like I think every official in the world is betting on these games like that was no. just between the calls and for Purdue to go down there and score with 50 some seconds left and for that co- two of the worst coaches maybe in college football history in that game Dino Babers is the coach at Syracuse correct yes for him not calling timeouts when Purdue was down there like that I mean I ended up working out for him but just to have, I mean, then you get the 15-yard penalty, and then you add another 15-yard penalty. So you're kicking off from your own 10-yard line, which has never happened in the history of football. And then so Syracuse starts at their 50. You get them all the way to third and a million, and you get pass interference, and so you give them new life. You get another pass interference call It. the referee was staring at. He was looking at the play. For, it took him 15 seconds to throw the flag, and then you get scored It was a mess. So no excuses. The mortal lock did not hit. It should have hit whatever. I have gone back and forth on several games. I really don't like the college football slate this week. I'll be honest with you. And I've been going back and forth on some games. There's a lot of NFL games. I like, I'll probably have some, some, some big time NFL action this week. USC has been my team all year long. They've been helping me a lot, helping me out a lot financially. USC is a six point favorite on the road at Oregon state. I understand that Oregon state's three, and and0. I understand that that's somehow a tough place to play for whatever reason in my mind, I cannot shake the fact that like still in my brain, Oregon state is one of the worst college football teams in existence. I cannot shake that from my brain. I'm going to take USC minus six. That is my mortal lock. And it scares me that they're only a six point favorite but I'm going to put my trust in Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and just, hey, go ball out. Just silence for once and for all. I know this is some – oh, this is this is USC's first test of the season. I call it a wash. Fight on. Go go walk into Oregon State, who has also played nobody this year. And Oregon eh, State – I wonder FR. Oregon State should have lost that game to Fresno State too, Fresno by the State's way. Fresno State's not bad. But USC beat the shit out of Fresno State. What was my pick last week, grabs? Your pick was USC minus 13. I wrote it. I took it. It was beautiful. <laughs> so I'm taking USC minus six. That is my okay. mortal lock of the week. Collins had USC minus 13 last week. He's 3-0, 3-0, 3-0. What is the mortal lock this what week? What was the first week we did? You had I know you had Kansas State minus seven the week before. I know that. What did Your I have first week? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember.
1: I did I, I did, I did I, Okay, this week I'm doing more of a Big Ten game. Um, going to Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati minus sixteen and a half against Indiana. Indiana okay. is bad. Indiana is bad. They're three and zero, but they are bad. And I actually think Cincinnati is a little underrated after that Arkansas game. And I know they haven't looked particularly great. I think they kill them in Nippert Stadium. Like, yeah, I think that place. Will, I, I I I think that place will be lively. I think Indiana is just not good. So I expect Fitchell to lay the hammer down. All right. Yeah, I I'm a, you, you know, know what? Probably. I'm
2: going to, I'm going to start taking all three of these in the parlay together. Yeah,
0: you should. The By the way, also down parlay.
2: Collins, I, I got sh- to shut. We got to shut out Gers pom I got to shut out Gers because the, 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 the Trent Bradley grit game of the week is, is one to it I wouldn't have had it despite the, despite the lightning storm. It still went under. I, I had, had that under Gerspom. too.
0: I had that under two and I had to wait until three o'clock in the morning for that game to end. But I did have. The I, under. I
1: fade Gerspom Trent just on the reality that he <laughs> exclusively, and he and he says it only happens once in a while. He always takes Syracuse, and he knows I hate Syracuse, so I just won't <laughs> take
2: it. I refuse to take it. Fading, fading Gerspom. All right. Well, I I I literally I love. I live for the Gers Palm slate every week because I, I, I take at least one thing off off the slate every week. But, I got but, crushed
1: last week in college football gambling. Crushed.
2: Was, all right, well we're back. back. By the way, what does Michigan say? Can Michigan
1: say wear the regular home jerseys one game for me? What are they wearing yeah. this week? They're just wearing all green. But I just, I would like to see the regular ones out. They there. are. They
0: are so slow and all green. That is their. Slow I know. Effect. I know, dude. By far. That,
1: that's my exact thought, Rabs. <laughs>
0: that, that is that is slow. I might take the under in that game because this game has like 17-14 written all over it if they're wearing all green. Damn yep. it. All right, guys. Another great week. Uh we have Lions uh, football, Spartan football. What do you have more? What's going on?
1: I don't know. I, I, I kind of like them. I don't know. Sorry.
0: I got I'd go back and forth. Sorry. <laughs> we don't like them. Not approved.
1: I hate um, my lock. I hate my I don't, lock. <laughs> I don't hate them. I just I don't lo-
2: like, I don't know. I, I like hate my lock. It. I will already say I hate my lock. I'm, 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 you yes. don't like, wait, who'd you take it? I, I like Cardinals Cardinals plus three and a half against the Rams at home. Yeah. I, I just think that, I just think that's too much. Revenge it's like, game. It's in Arizona. I don't know.
1: Okay. We'll see. I hate
2: I don't know. it. I should have picked something else, but I got to stick to the NFL. Cause I don't know college ball, like you guys do. I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm not a, I don't have rabble's riders or you know whatever. Colin's you can get possibly. on, dude.
0: I will say my card last week was way too big, but you I just to eleven like and five.
1: Six minute Snapchat videos. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> at the time.
0: Why don't you watch? You would be. A I do watch. If you watched. Thank i you. do watch them can you Thanks. just share the that, spreadsheet I, I, rider yeah i know everyone i get it everyone just send me a picture We have very similar no no no.
2: just share the spreadsheet as a viewer that way we can't mess with your picks but we just can see them
0: i don't know how to do that dude i didn't yeah, really pay whatever. attention yeah. to cse 101 i'm sorry it was a hard class i was going through a lot of <laughs> shit anyway that's all for today's episode of the motown rundown uh for trent bailey and ryan collins i am ryan rabinowitz submit any questions comments Suggest topics for the show on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. We are also on Facebook at the Motown rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. Just search up Motown rundown. We'd love if you rated us five stars. If you don't want to rate us five stars, just don't leave a rating. Like that's we get it. If there's no more ratings to come in, we understand that, that you didn't like us. But five stars would be nice. You can follow I take us a four. There. I I'd take if a four because I, I think
1: stars. I'm going to detonate a bomb. I no, think a no, four-star no, no, rating kidding, is no. honest work. A four-star rating is honest work. Ravs, did you see that headline?
0: What that the that someone I, at Utah threatened to blow up a bomb if they didn't win the game? Did you understand that Utah
1: has a bomb just on their campus? Oh, do they? Is that what that is? They were gonna like, yeah,
0: dude. Hit they have, the have a legit.
1: They have so, they have like a missile on campus or something.
0: Oh, like I'm gonna go hit the button if you don't win this game. Yeah, I'm I think that's a it. fair
1: thing to say. To be
0: honest. Yeah, not an overreaction at all. Um, All right, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Go Lions.